What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello and welcome to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. Corey, how are you today? Good. Great to be here. I hear we're taking a trip back into history today. Are you, are you a history buff, Eric, or, or not so much? I, you know, buff might be a little, little strong for how much I like history. I do love history. I love learning things about history, but I, I'm not one that sits down and, and reads historical uh, books or things like that to learn more. I, I learn it more from people like you and, and uh, other sources. I don't know if this really ties in, but I'm kind of a guy that likes sarcasm, irony, weird historical facts so that's kind of the path i'm setting the table for where we're going today all right sounds good sounds like more fun than regular history (laughs) there you go and you've got somebody in studio with you who'd you bring back i got zed hymanson back in here today and he uh he was a guest uh well i don't know four five episodes ago yeah all right zed welcome back thanks for coming yeah happy to be here with you all right so what are you guys talking about today so we're going to play a little bit of a game here. I'm going to go back in history and give kind of a brief story. And then Corey's going to try and relate it back to finance in our current day society. <laughs> okay. I'm I don't ready. know what could go wrong. What yeah, could the, go wrong? This is going to be fun. All right. So I guess I'll take it off right away. So first story, we're going back to the 1300s, the late 1340s. There was a... Um, pretty bad epidemic that went on in Europe and the Eastern Mediterranean. So this is called the Black Plague. Might have heard about it. Um, So like with recently with COVID-19, we know that when something like this goes on, there's going to be the world's top scientists and academics coming together to try and find a solution to the problem. So the scientists in Europe came together and they decided that they needed to find what was causing the Black Plague. So they decided that it was fleas that were carrying the virus and transmitting it to humans. So essentially, (laughs) they told all Europeans that this was fleas coming from dogs. And that basically began the mass slaughter of dogs across Europe. So Europeans thought that killing their dogs would kill all the fleas and this would basically end the Black Plague. I'm going to jump in right there because that is a fact I did not know. So this game is going to get more interesting <laughs> from here. Well, it's a very fun podcast so far. Uh, massive dog slaughter. Is this where we're going, Zed? That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Keep going. But there, there was a slight miscalculation on the side of the scientists. So the fleas that were actually carrying the... Um, disease were rat fleas not dog fleas so i'll give you guys one guess what's the best way to exterminate rats in the 1300s dogs 
probably the dogs. dogs. You're exactly right. Ratters. Now, with the dog population at essentially zero, the rat population flourished. Along with that, the rat flea population also flourished, resulting in the Black Plague raging on for a decade plus, killing one out of every three Europeans. I just about caught myself saying that is a fun fact, but I mean, one in three people dying from a nasty plague just... It's not ideal. Fun might so, not be the word we're using all. today. <laughs> okay, so so now the game is for me to, to try and circle this back, right? That's right. I'll give you one little cop out here. Um, the plague actually resulted in an uptick in one um, career. I'll give you maybe one guess, just to kind of guess what that career path was that increased after the plague. Physicians seems I've like too guess. easy. It, that's, that's, it is too easy because that's wrong. So Morticians. the actual career is lawyers. So with all the deaths, there were a lot of people that had to handle their estates. And the best way to do that was with the lawyer. So there's a huge uptick in the number of lawyers in Europe after the Black Plague. <laughs> that's like another plague. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Sorry to all the attorneys out there. That's just me. Not That's not Corey. <laughs> Yeah, so I suppose the estate planning lawyer I had booked for the next episode of this is uh, going to cancel. Is that- well, no, keep him on. I'll just I won't be on that episode. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. I don't want him to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I think my my initial reaction to that story is people, no matter how smart or or educated they are, you can't jump to conclusions. Now, I'm not saying they jump to a conclusion and they suddenly throw all the dogs under the bus, essentially, but. Science is, is kind of a moving target, I think is a fair statement, that you can't rush into things that uh, provide an absolute solution. So I don't know where we go from there. <laughs> but it, it connects to me that, that sometimes people take a drastic course of action because they, they feel like action is the best way to either solve something that already happened or to avoid a problem going forward. And, and so if I tie that into the book I wrote, and we've talked about that before on other episodes, um, I think it was chapter five in that book, talked about the initials or the letters DCA. And, and so a lot of times for investors, that means dollar cost averaging where you buy every month. But in my book, what I was referring to was people should not take a drastic course of action because sometimes when things get difficult, whether that's a plague or a market pullback, really inaction or patience and sitting back and taking your breath is the best way to make decisions. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, just kind of relating it maybe towards more current day market events, whether it is a recession or inflation. Obviously, these things aren't as deadly everyday life as the Black Plague was, but just not overreacting as investors is something that we, we as, as a firm at Hymanson Wealth Advisors are trying to drill that into people's minds, just not overreacting to external events that are happening, happening throughout our society. Well, it's panic, right? I mean, that's, that's what you're trying to avoid is panic, mass panic. And, and again, I'm going to offend some more people on this podcast. I apologize now, but I look at the media as a plague in a lot of ways because they are there and they say things and do things to get ratings, get people to watch the show. And it's usually a hysteria issue. It's usually a, sure, the markets are good going down, but the way they frame it or the way they, they bring the information across is to get viewership, which usually 
causes some panic within people, tightness of chest or whatever. They feel like, like to your point, Corey, there has to be some sort of action. If I don't take action, I'm going to be a victim. And therefore they jump and do something wrong, like slaughter their dogs or pull all their money out of the market or buy all of one stock because it's, it's going to, you know, flourish in a pandemic and, and it all leads to bad decisions and, and some pretty bad consequences. Yep. And it's funny you'd say that, Eric, because I'm not going to name names, but I had a client, it was about 80 days ago uh, from when I'm recording this that said, I can't take this anymore. I can't take the volatility. I'll, I'll get back back in when things are better. <laughs> well, mm. guess who called me last week? You know, and I'm not saying markets go straight up, but you get out, you do something drastic, you panic, and, and suddenly you're you're chasing the train to get back on it. And, and that makes no sense whatsoever and and so what i told that person they didn't really like it is i said remember when we had the conversation 80 days ago and i told you i didn't think it was a good idea to get out and they said yeah and i said do you remember at the end of that conversation i told you that i would never be the one to tell you when to get back in because you're the one that got out and they sheepishly said yeah i remember that too Mm. (laughs) so i'm not trying to get listeners out there to think that i just walk away from people but essentially if you don't trust the plane and you jump off the the ship or the train it's not my problem for you to find the next uh, train station to get back on. Hmm. And it's kind of like what they say, fear sells. So the media is not going to be showing you headlines like July was the best month in the market since 2020, but they're going to tell you that things are bad and they're not going to tell you all sunshine and rainbow stories because that doesn't sell the same way fear does. Absolutely. My comments around the office are starting to stick because I always use the phrase rainbows and unicorns and that I don't promise those. <laughs> and he just snuck in one of those at least. Oh, man. So the lawyer thing, let's go there. Yeah, yeah, boy, that, that's interesting. And it, it makes a lot of sense because you need professionals when when professional work is at hand. And I'm, I'm sure there was not a lot of estate planning in, in 1349 before uh, you suddenly had major issues and and that's i hate to say it, but that's really similar to today a lot of people don't want to talk about death they don't want to talk about planning until suddenly there's an issue and, and trust me it's a hell of a lot easier to plan those things when when people are feeling good and of the right mind hmm. that's right and another little footnote from that story the word mortgage actually comes from the french and it means um dead pledge so that's another little fun fact for you probably came from that same era so didn't you just get a mortgage i did yeah so wasn't that one of those new 75 year payoff schedules <laughs> <laughs> something like that yeah yeah all right well i guess we can go right into the next story if we got nothing else going there does that mean i passed or conquered that one or what i think you did i think that was pretty good so see how you do with this one all right so um, next story goes a little bit further ahead in history towards the mid 1800s so at this time Surgeons didn't have the luxury of using anesthetics during surgery, so they'd often use a form of hypnosis or alcohol to try and numb the pain before surgeries. Um, This was until a doctor by the name of Crawford Long was attending a college party in 1840, and he realized some students were inhaling a sulfuric ether, and they would proceed to bang their head against walls on tables and run into each other and essentially feel no pain. So this gave him the bright idea of using this ether as a sort of anesthetic for his next surgery. So in 1842 in Jefferson, Georgia, Dr. Long administered some sulfuric ether on a cloth and had his patient inhale 
the ether, and he proceeded to remove a tumor from the patient's neck, and the patient felt no pain throughout the duration of the surgery. Now, we come from an industry that has a lot of regulation and disclaimers <laughs> and disclosures, so I'm going to jump in right there and say that we are not encouraging the uh, sniffing of anything or the uh, use of alcohol to numb pain for any whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, obviously not as much regulation in that industry back in the 1840s as there are in 2022, but the interesting thing about this story is that Dr. Long actually didn't take credit for his um, use of ether as an anesthetic right away because he was more still in the research phases, so he continued to use it for childbirths and for amputations, but he didn't take credit until in 1846 another doctor had documented his research, and then Dr. Long kind of got the maybe jealousy going a little bit that he just thought he deserved the credit, so then he was fighting to try and get credit for his discovery, but he never actually got credit during his lifetime. Yeah, I don't know how it was back in the day, but if I go to the doctor and he hands me a rag, here, smell this for a while. <laughs> I, I don't know what year I would have to say that's not a good idea. You know, what, wait, wait a second, what are, you, what are you talking about? This doesn't seem like a reasonable, <laughs> reasonable request from my doctor. That's just me. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, before we even dig into the story, I, I'm just kind of snickering to myself how, you know, the old the old saying that history repeats itself. I'm trying to visualize a college party in the mid-1840s. And, and, of course, that instantly brings me to, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time, Animal House, where you can think of old school. Or, I mean, we can, we can go different generations, but essentially... People have been doing stupid stuff for hundreds of years, I guess. Is that the first takeaway? I guess so. You're it's Animal right House now. with top hats. That's all it is. <laughs> a monocle and a top hat. Some wigs. <laughs> Running into walls. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm in the wrong the wrong window of history there. I don't yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the thing that really jumps out at me, though, is, is I'm going to tie that right to research and development. I mean, it, it's just cool that our country has advanced in all kinds of fronts. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're talking the automobile or assembly line factories, the industrial revolution, medical improvements. I mean, we can go on and on, and that's why people live longer, which makes it important to plan ahead. But mm -hmm. it just shows you that humans in general, for the most part, are out to improve the world. You know, for, for people of the same generation or the next or the following generation. And, and that's why, you know, we live and we invest primarily in the greatest country in the world, in my opinion. But at the same time, I want to make sure that the audience knows that your office and any reputable advisor, they're not going to try new things on you. You know, they're not going to have you walk in and <laughs> say, here, sniff this rag for a while while we talk about your finances. Or, hey, I've got this new strategy I just heard about on the radio today. Let's let's jump into that and see how it does right. with your portfolio. Right. And it, it's funny you'd mention that. I just shot, you know, we do weekly videos for all of our clients and people that follow us, follow us online. And I, and I just shot a video this morning talking about hindsight of you know, looking back. And, and the problem is a lot of investors, maybe new investors that don't quite understand it, or they, they just don't buy into the whole concept of, you know, this stuff can be volatile and it takes a long time. You know, they'll look at the last 60 days or the last six months of, of history and 
what happened and they second guess themselves and they feel like their neighbors did better than them. But you know, if you look back to the start of the of the investment markets into the late 1880s, you know, I'm, we're talking 140 years of an uptrend, essentially. Now, compliance is going to get after me on this, too. But I mean, essentially, the markets and our economy have grown for that long, you know, and there's periods where it pulls back. But life is a long journey for most, and, and investing is a long journey, and wealth accumulation. And, you know, boy, we can, we can hit all the things I like to talk about. But you just got to remember that your plan should be your plan, and it isn't the same as the last guy or gal. And, and so that's where... While we manage money in a lot of ways and we have models and, and we can categorize somebody as growth or moderate or whatever that, that goal is, it's still going to be dialed into their plan and we're not just going to paint them with a broad brush and, and hand out rags of ether to everybody, like you said. And the other thing I'd like to note about the story, um, obviously I've only been here for seven months, but over my short time, I've kind of just observed Corey. He's kind of similar to that Dr. Crawford Long because he's not going to go out and boast to his clients about the returns that he's helping them get. He's going to help sit behind the scenes, manage the money, um, help you obtain whatever your goals are, whether that's cash flow for retirement or buying a new house or buying a new car. He's going to help you get there and he's not going to go out and boast to it about to you or to your friends. Instead, he's going to just sit in the background, not take credit for it, but make sure that everything behind the scenes, the gears are all turned in the right way. So that's something that I, I kind of noticed from that story as well. No, and, and I appreciate that. I mean, that, that means a lot to me. And the next thing I'm going to say, and my kids know this up and down and sideways, is that as they're growing up and they're playing athletics and things, my biggest phrase was act like you've been there before. You know, if you do something good, doesn't matter if it's on the basketball court or football or dance stage or in my chair, you don't jump up and down, pat yourself on the back and, and, and act like you're the hero because you just did what you're supposed to do for your team or for your clients, you know, and, and, and we do take that seriously. Yeah, so I guess now the um, itching question from the two stories is, what do you think? Do you think uh, death by uh, black plague or death by a failed surgery from being hypnotized as an anesthetic? Which one would you prefer? <laughs> and that question is directed to Eric first. <laughs> oh, that's that's easy. Come on. I mean, that, that that's easy. Death by black plague or hypnosis? I'll choose hypnosis. And, and a botched surgery because just hypnotize me to you know whatever <laughs> sleep hypnotize me to something else but the black plague i don't know all the symptoms but it it sounds like it was pretty horrible yeah well but you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say the media named the black plague but you know let's just say it was called the uh periwinkle fever does that sound as ominous not really but it could have just has been just as deadly. Might have to have the viewers do a Google search on the <laughs> symptoms of the Black Plague. Maybe he'll, Corey will be regretting that statement. I'm going to have to Google I, periwinkle for crying out loud. I don't even know what color that is. I, I, I don't know. Houndstooth <laughs> came to my head first, but I don't think that's a color. I think that's a pattern. But anyway. I think we can all say we're just grateful for uh, probably vaccines in modern day medicine and the invention of anesthetics. We don't have to slam a handle a beer before we uh <laughs> go into surgery <laughs> and, and yeah i've probably already hit that too i mean that's exactly why our country advances or or societies you know because we want life to be better we want procedures to be better i mean 
it's just the goal and the objective of, of, of the human fighting spirit, I guess you'd almost say. So I really didn't answer the question. My first thought was that the Black Plague might be the better way to go, but it, I, I do not know the symptoms, so maybe maybe a botched anesthetic would would be the easier way out. I think I can respect that answer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't know, gentlemen. I mean, this is it's for as as much as I believe regulations and government oversight and all sorts of rules stunt our ability to make strides in all sorts of areas of our life. Uh, there might be some pretty good reasons for some of those to be in place. I mean, yeah. I have not heard lately of anybody being a guinea pig or the first person to have the rag thrust upon them. You know, so I, right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a good thing. I, I'd like to see some progress in different areas ease up a little bit, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, essentially, I, I guess it's my opinion. You, you know, you hear of some of these outlandish claims or procedures and and you hate to say it but i think a lot of those are just built uh, sort of as a a last ditch effort for Mm -hmm. somebody who maybe hasn't found the solutions they're looking for so they're desperate for another answer and you know and i hate to say it but there's people in the world that are out there to sell things or procedures and not necessarily look out for the best interest of people but you know you just got to be aware of who you're dealing with and, and trust who you're dealing with. But yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll give one pat on the back to the lawyer industry, though, because I, I do believe, you know, there's always some bad apples in every bucket or every basket, I guess. But I mean, lawyers do a lot of good things. And, and that's from planning, um, passing wealth to the next generation. I mean, so we joke about lawyers because there are some different categories or parts of that industry, but you know, there's an awful lot of good sections of, of law as well. Absolutely. Can't agree more. Well, Corey, if people are out there and they're tired of sniffing in the ether and they want to talk to somebody who actually knows what they're doing, how do they get a hold of you and your team? Yeah. Give us a call, you know, and in, in a day when most people probably use mobile phones and there's no long distance charges, I'm still willing to pay the tab and I'll give you the 800 number. It's 800 800- Six five seven, four three one six. All right. Well, Zed, Corey, interesting podcast today. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for everything that you do for the listeners and myself. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Of course, our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Corey comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. We humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this will help others find the show. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Hymanson Wealth Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast, What's Important Now, the show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities. 